Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. First off, I want to say hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone is staying safe. Very excited for another solo episode of the podcast, episode 116. I am, first off, so happy to announce that the last podcast episode, the one I did with my friend Val Goodrich on her magazine, Goodrich Life Mag, she sold out of all her copies of the magazine. So first off, thank you all so much, Lion Cook Nation, for that. Big round of applause to you all. Uh, really awesome to see, especially because she's an independent creator. She did this on her own. She didn't have any large media companies backing her. And so it was just super cool to see. So congrats to her. And very excited for the success she had with her own magazine. I also want to say thank you to everyone supporting LineCookThoughts.com merchandise. Uh, basically, LineCookThoughts.com is a place where you can get your mask or shirt. Uh, sponsoring the podcast or the brand. And we actually have sold out of most of the sizes. So right now I'm working on getting more shirts in and more masks in. So if your size is sold out, I do apologize for that. We do have more coming in. Uh, but just thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. It does help me with costs such as hosting the podcast or, you know, upgrading mics or everything like that. So just thank you so much for supporting and helping me grow and helping me keep, you know, being able to do this. Uh, I would also like to say thank you so much for listening. I know we've gotten a, a good amount of new listeners, so just thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you are listening on Apple, please leave a review. Reviews for me, I'm not looking for five stars. I'm just looking for an honest review on how to get better, guests you want to see, content you want to see. It really is a podcast based on what the community wants to hear, and I'm really excited to hear what you all have to say. Also, uh, if you could, you know, just share or like the podcast or share like the Instagram pages or social media, it just helps me out a ton. We're growing a lot on Instagram, which is very cool and just really excited for this group to be growing even further. My podcast episode today is something uh, that I think a lot of people in the industry now more so than ever have been sharing with me. And so I felt it was a relevant time to share this topic. Now, if you've been a long time listener to the show, you know that I used to do this more often uh, back when I started the show. But basically, I have, you know, since I have such a large Instagram audience, I'll put polls out and I'll make my episodes based off of what, you know, what the questions and responses have been through Instagram. And so recently I asked a question and I just want to pull it up to make sure I have it correct. Uh, but recently I asked the question, what do people fail to realize about people in the food industry? And I said, answers will be discussed in the next whole episode. And there was a very uh, common theme. And, you know, with the pandemic and with everything going on uh, this last year, especially, I expected cooks to feel or people in the food industry to feel, you know, forgotten, um, not appreciated or just simply burnt out. I totally expected that. I mean, that was happening before the pandemic, but even more so with lack of funding, lack of understanding of what we, what people really need in the food industry. But what I wasn't ready or what I wasn't expecting was still the idea that we feel as if we're not treated well. And not that I'm surprised that we feel that way, but surprised that this still wasn't changed, even as a, you know, even as a group of people, you know, in this country, we've, you would think we would want to come together on certain things and help those serving, the, you know, in the front lines or help those serving who have those people who are deemed essential. Like restaurant workers didn't necessarily get to go home when this happened unless the restaurant shut down. Uh, but no, it's still this idea of restaurant workers not being treated with respect. And so I think that's going to be a big part of today's conversation. This episode isn't going to be as long as interviews. Uh, it's more so just like a small solo podcast going over this idea, but wanted to share it because a lot of cooks reached out, a lot of cooks uh, shared with me on this, and I'm really excited to kind of get into it. So thank you all so much for listening. Like I said, please check out LionCookThoughts.com, and let's get into the episode.
All right. So I think since I've been doing this for over two years now, a big theme that people, there's two things that people don't understand about cooks in the restaurant industry. And I think the first thing is if you never worked in a restaurant, you have a very different idea of what the restaurant industry is. Now, take for example, like I think a lot of people look up, a lot of people that don't cook or that have never worked in restaurants look to Gordon Ramsay as someone who's probably super like successful in how it should be in the kitchen. I can't tell you how many times when I started, and I'm sure you all had this when you started cooking or working and you realize that it actually is like all about the team and about the relationships you build. That's how you become successful in the restaurant industry. And so I'm sure it was kind of annoying when, you know, after a year or two, you were in the industry, you would go home to family or friends and they'd be like, Oh, are you like Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen? Um, you know, how many people did you yell out today? And, you know, it's just simply not like that, or it shouldn't be like that. I know I understand that there's a lot of aggressiveness in the kitchen. There's still a lot of poor leaders, not saying Gordon Ramsay's a poor leader. He's very successful. That's his TV personality. Obviously he's been able to have success through his teams. That being said, there are still some people who try to emulate him without realizing that is just a TV show. And they actually are being, uh, kind of assholes in the whole sense of uh, what they're doing. So um, I think there's already from the beginning a mixed perception. And I just think that this brash, like, you know, no holds barred attitude on the industry negatively affects us. And I think it's why I was so, uh, I think why it's been so important for me to try to promote within the industry and outside of it, this idea of coming together of being there for each other, making sure we all can, you know, work as a team, work as a family of cooks, work as a people in the food industry, not just cooks, but everyone involved in restaurants and, you know, food media and whatnot. Uh, but I think that this idea that we're brash or that we, you know, that it's okay to treat us like that really does come down to negatively affecting us. And I think it rubs off on customers sometimes. And so that was one of the biggest things that was shared with me is that, you know, it's not just like on TV, like you know, when Gordon Ramsay yells at someone or when you watch Bradley Cooper and Burnt and he's screaming at someone, uh, those are just actors. And at the end of the day, they're just acting, you know, they're, it's just a TV show. But in real life, that person who's working their ass off 10 to 12 hours a day is getting screamed at and, you know, they're getting paid minimum wage and they're probably financially not in a great place and they're overworked. And they just are not being treated as, you know, well as the amount and effort they put into their work doesn't equal the amount of effort being put into coaching them and training them and leading them and putting them into a better place to succeed in their careers for a lot of people in the industry. And so this isn't a bash like food TV because you should like, you know, TV is TV. That's entertainment. This is to just put out an, an understanding that cooks and people in the food industry, the last thing they want to be do, they want to have done to them is be screamed at and be belittled. Like there's so many different conditions in the kitchen already that make you feel that way. Uh, whether it be low pay, whether it be the hard work, whether it be the long hours, um, it just there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of uh, just sometimes inability to find peace with it, an inability to find the ability to continue on sometimes, and just you know, burnout is very real in the industry. Addiction to drinking and other substances is very real in the industry. Uh, violence, like there's just a lot that is involved with this high pressure, high stakes environment and adding more fuel to that fire is in no way a good way to act. And so I guess why I'm saying this is because I think a lot of people 
in the general public think that cooks are invincible. And I think a lot of times we like to think we are invincible. And I say, well, you being people in the food industry, totally understanding that I'm not behind a line currently. Um, but I think we always think we're invincible. And I think people think we're invincible. And therefore, we, actions can be taken however they want towards us. And we can be led in certain ways. And it's not right. And it's not acceptable. And it shouldn't be the way that, you know, things happen. And, you know, I see other professions and, yeah, of course, there's poor leadership and there's poor, I guess, just treatment of employees, obviously, everywhere. You know, it, it's not just related to the restaurant industry. But what's specific about the restaurant industry is it's so physical. It's so different. It feels like the rules are almost bent around the restaurant industry in terms of uh, how long you can work, how much you're working. And yeah, it's just so different that sometimes feels like we're on the outside looking in when it comes to places that have good company morale and, um, you know, it, you can be so passionate for the people you work for, but still feel burnt out in the restaurant industry just because of the workload and the stress and the environments created around food. So, I mean, so you multiply that with the pandemic and, you know, lack of job security now more than ever, even though we all got into this kind of thinking we never have to worry about finding a job. We always worried about maybe getting a good job or getting a job that paid more or getting a job that set us up more for our careers, but never in my lifetime, at least, did we ever think we'd have to worry about even being able to find a job in a restaurant. And so I want to knock off this notion that people are invincible in the restaurant industry. They are they're hardworking. They are people that I look up to, and that's why I do this podcast and I have so much respect for. They are people that are not on the same level as most in terms of their dedication and their willingness to go far in order to achieve the work or the dreams they have for themselves. But they are not invincible and they, you know, emotions do happen and things do happen and it affects them when they're treated poorly, especially by a customer. So that kind of leads into the responses I got. And so I wanted to share some of them. Um, first off, I, you know, I'll share some responses and kind of go over it. Uh, so, you know, a big one, food service workers are people at the end of the day, not just servants. Totally agree. You know, this is so true. People you know, cooks are not just servants and people in the service industry are not just servants. This can go beyond just restaurants. I feel like we've gotten to a place in society where that it's almost acceptable that, oh, they're just a cook or, oh, they're just, you know, even to like far as like, oh, they're just like polishing my car. Oh, they're just parking my car. Like people in the service industry are people too. They're grinding. They're working that job because it's either their passion or they're trying to save up or they're trying to support a family or what have you. And they're not there to serve you. They're there to do a job. And that job is service, but they're not servants, you know, it just like, if you, I don't know, just like you're a dentist, I wouldn't go in the office and be like, I wouldn't just go treat you like crap and then expect you to do the job for me. I mean, I would also be scared because, you know, I'm not a big fan of dentists, but you get what I'm saying? Like, it, it's a job, it's a profession, Not, it's not like this, you're not on this higher pedestal of someone else because they're doing a job that services to you. And so, I think that's a big thing that some, that a lot of people don't understand, and I think that that's something that has to be pointed out. Another person, another cook shares, uh, and this is all these responses to the Instagram question. Another cook shares, we're actually humans and not robots. I think this goes more so towards both the, you know, to society and also to people who run restaurants but aren't actively in them every day. People can only do so much. Sometimes they need days off. Sometimes they need to take breaks. It, you know, not everyone is built to work the same. And I think a lot of times in restaurants or in food service, we 
think that we can train all our employees the same way. And they're all going to be able to do the same exact thing. And people burn out at different stages in, in their day. People get tired at different points. And that's a reality. And we can all act like it shouldn't be a reality. And we can all act like that shouldn't be something we address. But it's the reality of working with humans. And it, obviously, it's something that's important to them. Uh, this one, this click shares, it's not about the income. It's about the outcome. Now, this is a different point of view. Now, this is something that I think a lot of people might be surprised or a lot of people in the food industry might disagree with or agree with, but you don't get into this industry to, to get rich is kind of the, the thought process, but there's actually a lot of ways to become um, pretty wealthy in the restaurant industry. If you, you know, own properties or you help manage different groups or you work, you know, certain positions. So there's definitely ways to make money, but you do have to have this underlying passion of food. The lack of uh, passion for all things food, will burn you out. And at the end, it, the income will probably not be enough to keep you going. And as someone like, you know, I've been in a place where I've been worked like so hard and I did make good money, but it still wasn't feeding who I was as a person inside. And so I just think it's, this is important. It isn't about the income. It's about the outcome, but this doesn't mean your income has to be dirt, like cheap, like your income can be good. It should be, I almost think it should be viewed the other way where when you're saying it's not about the income, it's about the outcome. It's not about how much you get paid. It's, you know, about how much you're enjoying it based on the fact that you're getting paid too much. So I think that it's important to, while it's important to have passion and while it's always important to have your career be something you're passionate about, I also want to warn against the fact that, you know, just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you shouldn't be making money on it. You can be passionate and be paid a living wage. You can be passionate and be paid a fair salary. So just wanted to point that out, but also understand where this cook is coming from. This next cook says underpaid, undervalued, refused insurance coverage, unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, it's a big issue in the industry, right? Not having good insurance or not having any insurance sometimes. Underpaid, feeling undervalued. I mean, especially during the pandemic, I talked to so many cooks who just couldn't believe how their jobs were just gone. And that's no fault to the restaurant owners. It's no fault to the business owners. We weren't expecting this. But it's just the reality of it. And so there was a big shift in, wow, did my does my work matter? Did my job matter? Was I valued? And of course it mattered. Of course, cooking and preparing food for people does matter. But it, it's so hard to think that way when the whole world are, comes crashing down around you, especially when you're in this industry. So, I mean, I get that. And it's just a testament to leadership. Maybe this cook wasn't in necessarily great kitchens and they weren't led well and that happens for more cooks rather than not maybe they've had too many bad experiences with customers where they tried their best and then their food was just shit on which is also a possibility or maybe they just saw this pandemic as like you know general society not taking actions to you know protect at all costs the jobs that people had like you know i i don't like to get political or whatnot but I'll, I'll, I'll take the masks, for example, because it's something that bothered me. And it's something that still kind of does is, you know, regardless of like mask wearing or not mask wearing, like jobs are on the line. Like people in restaurants, people in other industries, you know, transportation, um, hotels, everywhere, their jobs are on the line. And if you had one, if you were asked to do one thing that could potentially save millions of jobs for Americans, like, I don't know. That It truly bothered me that that was like even an argument. But that's where we're at in 2021. Um, but, I mean, for me, that led into it. It's like, wow, like this, like, 
some people can't even be bothered to try to take extra safety precautions so that, you know, maybe that we have a chance, a fighting chance of these restaurants not closing down. So, you know, like I said, not everyone here to like put everyone, anyone down or criticize everyone or anyone. But um, I don't know. That was just one thing that was a big talking point I had. You know, we're worried about people's jobs, but at the same time, we're not taking the action. Even if you didn't believe it would work, the action that maybe there was a chance it could have been better or it could have been stopping something spread so that restaurants and businesses didn't fail and have to shut down. So I totally get where this cook is coming from as well. Um, one sh- cook shares <laughs> how little we actually eat because we are always busy. Yes. Someone said it finally. How many times were you working a shift and you were like, you know, you had a big prep list. So you did your prep. You like scarfed down a meal really quick over a garbage can or in the back room. And then you were just into work. And then you just realized at the end of the night at 10 PM that you did not eat nearly enough. You know, we had a whole conversation on this. I've had a couple episodes about um, nutrition and what cooks should eat and when they should be eating. But damn, if it's not the hardest thing to get a plate of food in a kitchen, and if it's not the most ironic thing either, but sometimes that's the reality. So I definitely get where this cook is coming from. Um, it can be very hard sometimes to get your meal, to get that daily meal you need because you're so busy. And it's almost like if you stop, it looks bad. I feel like in a lot of kitchens and that should, it shouldn't be how it should be. Everyone should get a break. I mean, you know, welcome to 2021. People should be able to get a break and eat food if they're working more than a certain number of hours. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sad reality sometimes when you're surrounded by food and you can't get a plate of food. So I definitely, definitely understand that. I love this one. This cook sh- says, this is a real career that takes constant education and not us trying to figure out our life. I like this idea that... um Basically, what they're saying is, you know, this isn't just like something anyone, this isn't just something that anyone can just walk into and do. Like, you can't just walk in on a Saturday night service and expect to be like, I don't know, Dominique Crenn in terms of creativity and how you're able to put food out. Like, she got there because it took her years to master that, you know? Uh, Renee Redzepi, it took him years to get to where he is. Eric Repair, the list goes on, the names can be named the list could be listed but it takes time and it's a very sophisticated and very in-depth knowledge base you have to have not only because it's good to have as a cook but like you go from restaurant a to b the cuisine's different what's on the menu is different you're learning a whole new system like most professions you learn basic skills that can be transferred to different businesses but sometimes in restaurants your basic skills you knew at one restaurant might not even matter in another restaurant because of how different the cuisine is or how differently they view food or look at food. So it definitely is a challenge. It's always about learning more, being open to education, being open to taking these learning opportunities, being able to read books. Like there's always education that happens. And yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of people miss that because yet again, it's a job that doesn't pay as well sometimes. So you wouldn't be expecting people. Like that's the thing. Like cooks put so much (laughs) into their career. They learn so much. They invest so much, like probably more than the average person does to their job. And then they get paid so little compared to many other professions if you were to put that same amount of work and knowledge in. So it's definitely frustrating. And I definitely get that point. This cook says what people don't understand is the constant pressure. Yes, there's always pressure. It could be a slow Sunday night. It could be a a busy Saturday night. It could be a 
two-person Tuesday lunch, there's always something that goes wrong in the kitchen. It's like the golden rule for me. Something's always not going to go according to plan. You know, that's, you know, it's just like always like you make plans in the kitchen gods laugh, right? Like there's always something going wrong. And I just, yeah, I, I totally get it. There's always pressure. There's always this idea that you have to be better. And it, even on slow days, it's the pressure of, am I good enough? Did I mess this up? You know, I, did I do that knife cut as good as I should have? Is my chef judging me on a certain thing? I get that. I've been there before. And so, yeah, I totally understand. Uh, the hung, you know, this is something that I think is very interesting. This cook shares we're actually, in quotations, really smart people. And going back to the education, yes. I mean, look at, you know, go to the front of house for a second. Look, look at all the knowledge a server has to know when they're serving a table, you know, talking about food. They have to know all the dishes, all the components, all the, you know, a, a lot of times where that food's come from, what farmer grew it. There's so much knowledge and there's so much in depth. And there's so many different knowledge banks you have to have. So if you're a server, you have to have the knowledge bank of the menu. In your head, you have to have the knowledge of how service is done. You have to have the knowledge of what each individual guest wants. Oh, this guest has a gluten allergy. This guest has a peanut allergy. There's so many different levels to it, you know, about wine. Like there's so, and that's, you know, front of house. I'm not, you know, obviously cooks, like recipes, knife cuts, uh, how to do certain techniques. Like the list goes on into how much everyone really does need to know to run an effective restaurant. The head chef. Calculating food costs, labor costs, when to cut people, when to implement new recipes, uh, you know, how to deal with uh, PR. Like the, it's insane kind of sometimes how much work and how much knowledge needs to be done and needs to be taken into account for restaurants. And it happens. And so, yes, we are actually really smart people. The chef says that uh, people might not know this, but a cocky chef is a replaceable chef. Totally agree. It's... Yeah, so you want to carry yourself in a confident way, but you don't want to be, you know, going back to our conversation about throwing things or screaming or yelling, like those cooks aren't really wanted. And if they are, are there, they will most likely get phased out if it's in a positive work environment because nobody wants to work around that. Nobody wants to work with someone who's arrogant, you know, someone like I've been there. I've been that arrogant, like asshole when I first started in the kitchen. And it's just something that like you don't, I don't know, you don't really think of. So and then you, you get humbled and you realize you're not as good as you think you are. And that's, I guess, the life of a cook. But sometimes people don't ever learn that lesson. So, And not saying lessons need to be taught, but more so saying that this is, for me, when I was working behind the restaurant industry or working in the restaurant industry, it was very humbling to always, you know, to always not know certain things, to always having to always having to keep learning certain things. And so for me, that was just very important to be a part of that. And I just, yeah, it was really awesome. And it always humbled me because I always knew that there was someone out there who was better than me or who that knew more than me. And that really would make me want to learn more and want to be educated and want, want to shut up and just listen to people. And um, I think that was important. So yeah, a cocky chef is someone who can be replaced because if they're cocky, they're arrogant, they're probably not going to be able to empathize with you with your cooks and they're probably not gonna be able to have the humble and decent attitude they need in order to learn more so very important another cook shares we don't want to bail on plans every weekend we don't have a choice and i think this is more so coming to if you're in the industry and you're trying to deal with friends or people who don't seem to understand what exactly it is you do or why you're bailing on them in terms of plans like yeah this is very true so 
let's talk about uh let's talk about people in the food industry and you know we'll talk about people who work in the industry and their friends and so if you're a friend of someone who cooks or you're listening to this podcast because you know someone who cooks it there's a dedication and there's a responsibility for a lot of cooks to be there for the restaurants especially during this time and you know a nine to five job you're not going to you know, not, you're, a cook schedule is so different from what most people's schedules are. So it's not even like sometimes it's hard to even understand why plans can't be switched around. But our busiest days are usually on the weekends, and that really is important to us. And that really does mean a lot. And like we can't just leave. We can't just like. And if we get called in, like we're going because it means so much to that person to go into work because it's a chance to prove yourself and to learn more and cook more and, and you know be there for your chef, be there for those people. You know, a chef is really like a coach. It's like someone you want to be there for. You want to you want to work under, and so that's why plans get canceled. If you're a friend of someone in the industry, please recognize that it's important to know, and it's important to you know be aware of. All right, this one's a little bit longer. So this cook shares one thing people don't realize is a lot of the time the star chef is usually on their phones and social media, or rarely in the kitchen. The stars in kitchens like these are actually the line cooks, the prep cooks, the immigrants who are washing dishes, the cooks who make it happen. We rarely get the credit, which is whatever, but it's crazy when people praise the chef for other people's people's work. That makes sense. It's frustrating because we are the ones who make the meals and prep every step of the way. Like cooks, people of color in the kitchen, and women specifically, need more recognition. It's not always the white head chef that does all the work, if you know what I'm saying. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's always been interesting to me of... To have these like celebrity chefs or to have, you know, brand name chefs, because yes, of course, they build their empires or they build their images and that's great. But like the, <laughs> I feel like the general public expects these chefs to be in all the restaurants at the same time. And I don't think there's like, first, I don't think there's much thought like that that's even possible. And two, it's like, there's more than just that chef in these larger restaurant groups. There's uh, you know, an executive chef of one restaurant who's doing amazing food and who's getting that restaurant claim. And there's a chef in another restaurant. There's two chefs. And uh, like, you know, there's the cooks, the people who wash the dishes that make your plate clean when you eat. So, you know, be thankful for them. And I think that's why I strive so much with Line Cook Thoughts to make it uh, so relevant is because there's more than just this one person in the industry. There's all these different people, front of house and back of house that make up a kitchen, men and women people of color, like the list goes on to the diversity that the restaurant industry has in it. And it's why I highlight cooks because there's a lack of understanding of just how much goes into it and how important every position is. And yes, so thank you for sharing this. And totally, there's so many different people that play a part in this. And of course, they need to be shared. This is the last submission. This person says, I think one thing people don't realize about the industry people is that we enjoy being served and going out to restaurants just as much as cooking ourselves. People always ask me what's awesome things I'm cooking for myself and my fiance on my days off and assume that we eat fancy meals every day. But after working a 60-hour work week or a long shift, sometimes cooking for myself is the last thing I want to do. And so many days off, we love to go out and be served for a change and try new restaurants all over town. One of the good parts of the pandemic shutdown is that it gives some of us cooks a break from our restaurants and the craziness of service. I found myself really enjoying cooking at home again. I wanted to end on this one because, you know, this goes back to our conversation of burnout. I, I think that's one of the biggest things that I wanted to portray to people who don't understand cooks is that it's tiring. It's a lot. And yeah, like, I don't know when I was cooking, when I was managing a restaurant, I think I cooked like 
five meals in a year and a half time span, maybe 10, 10 meals in a year and a half time span that were actually like meals, like fresh pasta or ramen or whatever, you know, like, like, you know, actual ramen, not the 99 cents that I ate in college. But, um, yeah, I mean, you get tired, you go home, you go do something for 60 hours a week. And like, that's the last thing you want to do sometimes. And most of the time, like you just want, like this, like this cook says, like, and that's the word, like, we just want to be served too. We want to be waited on too. We want to go out and, you know, that was one of the biggest things for me in the restaurant industry is I realized that at a certain point, I realized I also want to be the person I, once in a while, like on the other side of this, being fed, being, you know, eating this amazing food that I'm putting out in the window, getting to try these things as a diner. And that's so important. I, and it's hard to suggest this now. I've suggested this before, but if your restaurant is a place that is somewhat affordable, do that for yourself once in a while. It's very uh, rewarding. It's very humbling to see how all that effort pays off. And it's nice to know what your guest is experiencing because it'll give you better insight as a cook. But yeah, I mean, I definitely get this. I've definitely been there. I think we've all been there. And so thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I just want to say thank you for everyone sharing these. Uh, because I don't ever want to come off, like I said before, as someone who speaks on behalf of an industry without talking to the industry. And, you know, these are all these responses were sent in by people who follow the page, who all work in the food industry. And I think the biggest thing that I notice is that we just f- still feel a lack of appreciation, whether it be the care when a customer comes into service and they're not wearing a mask. And so like you're putting their health at risk or you're putting their job at risk or the under un- misunderstanding of what it means to be a chef and how, aggressive action that can be and and how aggressive things can lead to if you think that's what it should be like and you know this idea cooks are invincible so we can treat them however we want or servants are invincible so we treat them however we want we're not servants we're doing a service there's a difference and lastly the idea that cooks hold more value and that it is a noble profession that should be treated as such and that is very underestimated and very disregarded a lot of the time so I just want to say thank you to everyone for sharing, especially those who shared more personally. Uh, And I really hope this episode, if not helped portray what cooks are, you know, how cooks are misunderstood, but it just, I just hope this episode resonated a little bit. And I just want to let you all know that like, I'm always here to talk, but we all are are in this together. And the best way to making an industry better that we all love is by sharing and advocating for the things we want. So just remember that you do have, purpose, you do have value and you do have a voice and you have the ability to have platforms and you have the ability to share your thoughts and stories. And that's why it's so important for me to run this page. People in the food industry are so misunderstood and they're so undervalued. And while I'm not directly in a kitchen anymore, I still work in food and I still am so inspired by what you all do day in and day out. And you know, whether you're working at Chipotle or La Berna Den, I'll always have gratitude for those who work in kitchens. And I'm so deeply just full of respect for anyone who works in the restaurant industry, especially during this times. I couldn't imagine owning my own business during this times. I couldn't imagine going in as a line cook right now. I would be terrified if I'm being honest, but people do it every day. And so just thank you all. And I really hope this episode helped. And if you have more to share, please share it. And I will be sure to share it on the page or on Twitter or wherever else I can share it. But thank you all so much. I was so, so humbled and so honored to be able to share these thoughts with you today. So there you have it. What people get wrong about cooks 
or what people get wrong about people in the food industry. Thank you all so much for sharing. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you are on Apple, please leave a review. I'm not looking for a five-star review. I'm looking for an honest review. It helps us get noticed more. It helps me get better at the podcast. It helps me understand what content you're looking for. You can hit me up on Instagram at Line Cook Thoughts, Twitter at Cook Thoughts, Facebook at Line Cook Thoughts, TikTok at Line Cook Thoughts, and the list goes on. Email me at linecookthoughts at outlook.com if you have any ideas or questions or you just want to chat. And of course, go to linecookthoughts.com for your official Line Cook Nation merchandise. Line Cook Nation, it was so nice seeing you again this week. I hope you all are staying safe and staying inspired. And I'll see you on the Line Cook Thoughts podcast coming out in the next week.